on those of you who are watching us online as well as those who are in the house. If you can, put your hands together, celebrate our God, give our God the praise that God so richly and rightfully deserves. I see you all on Zoom, those that are watching us on Facebook Live, on YouTube, on Vimeo. Welcome, 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 welcome. Good morning to those who are watching us this morning. If you're watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat found on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So real quick, for those of you all that are watching us online, we want you to do us this favor. If you're watching us online, on Facebook, share on your personal timeline, tag others because we want to remain in the same chat stream. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text this link of the worship service to your personal network. And if you're on our church website, in the chat room, click the invite button on your chat window to share this experience with others. We want to welcome you to St. Paul Online, and we want to welcome those that are in the house to St. Paul Live. Amen, amen, amen. Those that are watching us online, do me this favor. If you're watching us, just let us know in your chat stream where you're watching us from. Let us know what city and state you are watching us from. At this time, Reverend Kelly Baptist is going to come. She's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. So for those of you all who are able, if you would, stand on your feet. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. The word of God says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There should be a different sound of worship coming on. But going into the house of the Lord. But the online home, wherever you're sitting, has become the house of the Lord. And let's give him thanksgiving. It is the beginning of August. And we never would have made it to August 2021 without the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's honor our God and be grateful this morning. Another way. It should have been another way. For plenty of folks, it was another way. 
God for a spirit of revival, for refreshing and renewing and for keeping us. He's a good God. Ain't he a good God? Yes, he is. He's a mighty, mighty good God. Anybody thankful in this place today? Just, just thankful, just thankful. Just, just tell God right where you are, wherever you are, in the house, in your living room, in front of your computer. Just tell God, thank you, God. Thank you for a fresh breath. Thank you for another moment, God. We, we bless you this morning. For everyone who is not in the house, we want to know where are you worshiping with us from. We are excited to have you be a part of the online experience of St. Paul. Just as glad as we are for those folk who are in the house. So add into your chat stream and let us know what city and state you're worshiping with us from. Hallelujah, because we are all one family, one church, one baptism in the house or out the house. We are one family in God. Amen. Amen. As we move in worship, our scripture this morning is going to be Psalm 34. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. I've got the New Revised Standard Version here, but you can follow along with whatever version you have handy. And they're going to have it on the screens as well. Psalm 34. We are coming into the presence of God in worship with praise and thanksgiving. Is that all right this morning? All right now, Psalm 34, starting with verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Thank you, Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him and be radiant so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his holy ones. For those who fear him will have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The word of the Lord is true and already blessed. Let's praise God for a good word. Are you glad this morning? Hallelujah. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we are so, so grateful, God. We appreciate you, Father, in ways that we never have before. And if ever we needed you, God, We've needed you since 2020. We need you right now. We're going to need you going forward. So we just come into your presence full of thanksgiving and hopefulness and appreciation. God, we thank you for another moment. We thank you for one more day. We thank you that we are not alone. 
God, we bless your name for a worship experience that brings glory to your name and joy to your heart. You are our father and our friend. You are our example, our healer, our provider, our all and all. You gave everything for us, including your only begotten son. And we present ourselves back to you as your children, as your servants, as those who are blessed by you to just give you praise and honor and worship together just because you deserve it because you're worthy because you're faithful god we bless you this morning reach across these pews and through computer and television screens god we are one family united under your banner the cause of christ bless the speaker this morning god bring us a word that will strengthen and renew and revive us again we believe you god we trust you lord and when you do what only you can do we're going to give you the glory we're going to give you the honor we're going to give you the praise we're going to stand on your promises we're going to press forward in faith we're going to represent your well god we're going to comfort one another heavenly father we're going to grow in your spirit we're going to make you're proud here's our worship God take joy in it we want to bring a smile to your holy omnipotent face God we bless you we honor you we adore you we are so glad to be your children be glorified today in Jesus name we pray and we all said together amen amen and amen come on let's worship family
Amen. If you're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning, I don't want you to stop giving him praise right now. I don't want you to stop putting your hands together. Man, get excited, man, with this choir right here. Man, it's something to be old being in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? to be back here uh, with you all um, and not just uh, by ourselves, you know, in this little skeleton unit that we have running worship every Sunday. It is good to be with all of you here. I mean that, uh, man, seeing your faces and uh, man, feeling the energy. Amen. Isn't this something, choir? Isn't it something to be back? So, man, we are, we are definitely glad to be here in the house of the Lord with you guys this morning. Let me say welcome um, to all of you that are joining us online and to welcome to all of you again here. Um, it's, a, it's a good, good morning indeed. And uh, this will be the part of our service well, where I get to dive into the impact moment, which is the moment that I like to do for the kids and the uh, children um, in our, uh, in our uh, ministry here at St. Paul, but also for the kids at heart. I've been reminded and encouraged by some of the comments from uh, many of you that uh, man may, may be older on the outside, but are young at heart. Amen. Young at heart. So you know, I, I pray that this word might be for all of us this morning that are kids at heart. And so this, this will be the fourth part of our service, uh, fourth, not service, excuse me, fourth part of our series uh, that I'll be doing with the kids, digging into the Lord's Prayer. Um, and be- <clears throat> before I do that, I want to say it's good to see the Davis family, good to see the Easton family, among many others here in the house this morning. Good to see you guys. Now, the Impact Moment title for today, we're going to be talking about forgiveness, and I think that's fitting, given that this is the first Sunday for us. Um, amen. The Impact Moment title is Forgive and Be Forgiven. Forgive and be forgiven. Our memory verse today comes from Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation this morning, which says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And the bottom line for today, guys, or the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this. Pray for forgiveness to have the final say. Pray for forgiveness to have the final say. A movie was made just a few, few years ago uh, about the famous Christian song, I Can Only Imagine. Have you heard of that song? And how it was created, how it was inspired, and how the life of the lead singer of Mercy Me, Bart Millard, played such a factor into this famous song. The movie is mostly about how the song was written, and to understand it, it dives into Bart's life and how he became a popular Christian music singer for one of the best new groups out there. Before Bart became a singer, most of his childhood was spent living with his single father. His dad was physically and emotionally abusive to Bart, and Bart's dad would physically beat on him, and he would tell him that he wouldn't amount to anything, and then wherever he was going, it was not going to be the right place because he was going to play football like his dad wanted him to. Both this physical and emotional abuse, all of the abuse that Bart took from his dad led to him leaving home and setting out on his own. Well, later on in his life, Bart found his way back home when his music career hit a rock in the road, and he discovered a different dad when he came home. His dad had been listening to sermons on the radio, had been reading his Bible, and had found a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
There's this scene in the movie where Bart's dad is trying to convince Bart that he has changed. The dad's made breakfast. He set it out on the dining room table. He's invited Bart to come sit down and to, to eat with him, father and son. And to Bart, this is already seeming a little strange. After they talk for a minute, Bart can't take it anymore. He wants to know who this man is. Why is his dad trying to act like things have changed? And why is their interaction one where, man, he actually feels good about who his dad is? Bart's dad says to Bart, um, after, after Bart raises questions about the new man that he's become, his dad says to him, I want to make things right between you and me. If God can forgive everyone else, why can't he forgive me? Bart takes a second, he looks at his dad, and he says to him, God can forgive you, but I can't. Now, I know there have been times in my own life, and maybe in yours too, where you felt the same way as Bart. How am I supposed to forgive someone who has done me wrong? It's so easy to feel how mean some people are to us, and then we want everything bad to come their way. Forgiveness is the last thing on our minds when we believe that the person who has done us dirty is less deserving of God's love and grace than we are. We can feel God's forgiveness transform our own lives, but then we doubt that it could change the meanest or the most sinful people that we know. We can't refuse to show forgiveness to others, guys, when the God of the universe has forgiven us for everything that we've ever done. Again, our bottom line, we need to pray for forgiveness to have the final say. When we talk to God in our prayers, we've already been forgiven by God. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus has made for us, the reason that we pray for God to forgive us is because it puts us in the right mindset to accept and give forgiveness. In order for us to accept God's forgiveness into our lives, we have to open up our hearts and accept it. Prayer allows us to make sure that we slow ourselves down in the middle of all of our busyness in life and call on the name of the only one that has the power to forgive us. Once we've received God's forgiveness, guys, we have a responsibility and a mission given to us by Jesus himself to share that same forgiveness with, with others. That's why it's mentioned here in the Lord's Prayer. If we refuse to offer others forgiveness that God has given us, then we are basically saying that we have a higher standard than God and that can't be further from the truth. God is the ultimate judge of our actions and sin. And if he says that he has forgiven all, he surely has. Amen. If we don't forgive others, God will not forgive us. That's the seriousness of forgiveness. And it's what Jesus mentions even two verses after the Lord's prayer. And I believe this is how much God cares for us. He cares about us forgiving others. And why? It's because if we are all meant to be God's children, if we are all meant to be one big happy family, there will be times our brothers and sisters in Christ really make us mad, amen? In a world where revenge or getting people back for what they've done to us is so popular, God calls us to be different. If we still hold a grudge against someone who has wronged us when we go to God in prayer, it's going to be a lot harder for us, for God to continue to work on our hearts and change us and mold us with his love. That's why this part of the Lord's Prayer asks God to forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Have forgiven is in the past tense, guys, for all my English kids in here. Our forgiving others allows us to accept God's forgiveness with a heart that isn't bitter 
or one that holds grudges, but a heart that's ready to be changed and molded by God. With that, I want to ask you, who is it in your life that you need to forgive? Even if it's something that has happened several years ago, you may still be forgiving that person to this day. That's when we need to take a lesson from Bart, I believe, the author of I Can Only Imagine. You see the lead singer, Bart, man, when he ended up falling in love with the godly man that his dad had become, he was still dealing with the emotional effects of what his dad had done to him, and he still needed to forgive him. So every day, it involved Bart choosing to forgive his dad. In our prayers, guys, man, the same can be true for us. Pray for forgiveness to have the final say. Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you so, so very much for your wonderful love and your forgiveness, especially this morning. We remember you. We remember your sacrifice for us. And man, we remember how powerful that forgiveness is. It changes us, God. But man, we can't accept it and we can't be changed by it, Lord, if we're not ready to give it ourselves. Help us to forgive others, Lord no matter what they've done to us, because we know that you said that you forgave those, God, that hurt and that pained you. And Lord, we thank you for that because it's that love that's given us new life. Thank you for kids in the house this morning. Thank you for a wonderful time and a message that will be for us to consider. And forgiveness, God, should have the final say. Let it be so in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys, and it's good to see all of you. Can we give God praise for that meditation by Peyton? <clears throat> Thank you so very much. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to those that are watching us online and to those that are in the house. Welcome to St. Paul Live, St. Paul Online. We thank God for each and every one of you who have pressed your way. For those that are in the house, I am so appreciative that you've taken time out to come. This is not something we take for granted. Uh, also with the time change, thank you all so very much. And thank you for listening to the ushers and being uh, patient and showing us grace with our first impression ministry. I'm gonna give those folks uh, thanks in just a moment. But what I want to do is, as we're online, we, uh, through our social justice ministry, uh, are providing a simulcast as far as this worship experience to our brothers and sisters at the Mecklenburg County Detention Center. This is uh, being broadcast to an estimated 1,500 individuals. Many of them will be brought back into society for a fresh start and to be productive citizens. We want to welcome them. So can we give God praise for them? <clears throat> I want to thank Reverend Jeffrey Stevenson for leading my uh, Quick 15 uh, prayer call this past week. Thank you all so very much. And we want to invite each and every one of you to join us as far as that prayer call is concerned starting at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. You can dial in and join us as far as that's concerned. I want to thank everyone who was able to join us as far as our church conference via Zoom yesterday. Um, we received and uh, adopted our new um, uh, budget. Uh, we got a financial report. We got our financial review from our church auditor. We're looking at trying to raise for this fiscal year almost $2.8 million. 
And God is to be praised for that. And so we're going to need you to help us to make that a working reality as we continue to do the work and the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to extend uh, a wonderful thank you to our outgoing chair, Sister Deborah Chestnut Reed. Uh, Deacon Deborah Chestnut Reed, I don't know if she's in the house. Deborah, are you in the house? I don't know if she's in the house. She may be watching us online. If you watch watching us online, just wave. Uh, but can we give God praise for her as well? She has done a wonderful job providing leadership over the last two years, and her guidance has helped us to navigate this pandemic. And our incoming chair, Sister Gwendolyn Garnett. And if you're in the house, would you stand? Sister Gwendolyn Garnett will be our incoming chair. And our vice chair will be Brother Ron Milliken. And I know he's working with the deacons, uh, but we want to give God praise for him as well. Um, we also want to let you all know this Saturday from 3 to 7, our church will be a vaccination site <clears throat> through Vax Clinic that will be set up in our gym. Go to our church website, um, stpaulbaptist.church slash vaccinations to find a link to register for your shot today. We want to particularly focus on our young people between the ages of 12 to 18 who can be vaccinated now. But if you have not been vaccinated and you feel led, we invite you to come go and register so they can make sure they have you as far as the queue is concerned. <clears throat> Our media ministry needs you. And if you're interested in work, uh, working with the media ministry, I want you to contact our sister who uh, is providing great leadership, Sister Camise Noel at camise.noel at yahoo.com. Uh, and she can give you further instructions. For those of you all who are watching us as well as those who are in the house, let me just briefly take this time uh, to talk about how we're going to continue to be flowing as far as our coming back to church is concerned. Let me just first and foremost say that we're keenly aware of two, well, three things. First of all, that this Delta variant is nothing to play with. Amen. And um, I've already, the ushers have already been informed that if you're not vaccinated, I'm asking you not to serve um, because you're interacting with the public. All of my staff has been vaccinated. We found out as far as your input to register to come to church that 84% of you all are vaccinated. Amen. You give God praise for that. Another six said you're going to get vaccinated so you can come this Saturday. Uh, 10% said that you don't think you're going to get vaccinated, and I'm praying for you. Because here's the deal. While the vaccination does not prevent you from getting COVID, it can certainly lessen how COVID impacts your body. Uh, it can keep you out of the hospital. It can keep you off a ventilator. It can keep you, off, keep you from being intubated. And unless you have some medical condition or some religious uh, thing that prevents you. I want to encourage you to get vaccinated. That's the only way we're going to go back to some sense of normalcy to get vaccinated. Uh, but just because you're not vaccinated doesn't mean we're going to stop you from coming to church. All right. Um, if you have not been vaccinated, this is why we're all wearing masks. Okay. Because this little mask, this, this little thing can prevent the spread of the disease, this little thing. And, and, and while you're in here, you're gonna wear this little thing. So 
Uh, I want to let you all know registration is open for next Sunday for those that are viewing us online as well as those in the house. If you have your phones open while you're viewing us on television or on your computer, you can scan the QR code uh, that will allow for you to register. When you register online, you'll be asked to complete a pre-screening health questionnaire. And if we have visitors who do not register in advance, we require that you register on site. We want to provide necessary contact tracing. That's the only reason we're gathering your information. We're preparing for at least 50% occupancy of our space. We're strongly recommending that you get vaccinated, but it is not required. Here's what's very important. If you wake up on Sunday morning and you don't feel well and you've registered, you wake up on Sunday morning, you got a headache, body ache, stuffy nose, sore throat, nausea, nausea, diarrhea, coughing, and or unexplained fatigue, please stay home. It's something wrong somewhere. And we want you to stay home. If you have a compromised immune system, stay home. And what we mean by compromised immune system, if you're taking treatment for cancer, radiation, or chemotherapy, if you're on dialysis, if you had to get some type of infusion, we're asking that you stay home because your compromises, your immune system has been greatly weakened and you're more susceptible to catching something, and we don't want that to happen. The CDC has recommended that we observe all uh, protocols in the area of the building. Uh, we ask that you submit to a temp check when you come. You're going to have to wear a mask while you're in service, but your mask should not keep you from standing up, clapping, and shouting. Amen? If you don't have a mask, we will provide one when you come. Uh, when you enter the doors uh, to proceed to check-in, we have area roped off with decals to ensure proper spacing. And on first Sundays, the deacons will be handing out communion as you come in, and they have given you instructions to hold on to your communion until it's time for communion. Amen. The ushers will escort you to your seat, and when it's time to leave, the ushers will come and escort you out row by row. So follow their instructions on the way out. We have moved our Sunday morning live class to 845 so we can, and right now we're remaining online 100% virtually. Um, and we have now expanded the number of people who will be able to attend funeral services. Now, let me just say one more thing. We're not hosting any eating events on campus for the time being. Uh, but I need to really stress this as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer. If the city, state, county, or, or federal government said that we have to go back to what we were doing, guess what? There would be no discussion, dialogue, or debate. We will go back to doing this thing 100% virtually. We have the physical, technological infrastructure to make that happen because your safety and your security after your salvation are my greatest concerns. So please, ma'am, please, sir, understand that we are certainly delighted we're able to have you here, but if this Delta variant creates such a problem, where they are doing shutdowns all over the country and it impacts us here in the Charlotte area, guess what? We're going to go back to doing what we're doing and we will make adjustments. That's why we have to be agile. But until then, we look forward to those of us who feel like you want to join us to be able to do that and we want to make this a meaningful worship experience. Is that all right? Y'all good with that? All right, let's give God praise for that. I'm so glad, so glad to see you all. Listen. It is prayer time. A lot of stuff that we used to do, we ain't doing right now. Sharing of the peace, birthdays, anniversaries, because guess what? I'm trying to keep this service to an hour and a half. That's what y'all are accustomed to online. We're trying to make it uh, workable in-house. 
And in the past, we, the in-house crowd has driven what we've done. Now what is happening online drives what we do in-house. So with that vein, we want to make sure things are as tight as possible. So there are a lot of things we used to do we're not going to be doing anymore. But my main thing is to try to do whatever we can to promote fellowship, worship, discipleship, um, and evangelism and service as we do the work of the kingdom. So it is prayer time. Usually I have you to get in groups of three and four. We're not going to do that. But what I am going to ask that you would do is wherever you are right now, just sit. Uh, we're going to call off the names of persons we want to lead and uh, want to be particular as far as prayer is concerned. And Reverend Kelly Baptist will come and lead us in prayer. The family of Brother Robert Lee Gaines, the father of disciple Loretta Brown, services will be held this Friday at 6, at the uh, August 6th at Universal Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York at 10 o'clock. We also want to lift up uh, disciple Diane Johnson. She funeralized her mother this past week. And uh, the family of Brother Johnny Stackhouse, the brother of disciple Martha Graham, his services took place uh, July 17th in Lumberton, North Carolina. We want to lift up Deacon in training, Thomas Falls, who is in the hospital. We thank God that Brother Anthony Farr has been moved to a rehab center. We give God praise for that. And we continue to lift up Gina Pettis-Dean, uh, Francis Montgomery, of course, our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond, Brother Robert Lunn, and Sister Eleonora Lee. There are names that will be scrolling up and down the screen as far as our prayer call list, prayer concerns. And uh, we ask that you will govern yourselves accordingly. I'm going to ask that Reverend Kelly Baptist will take us to the Lord in prayer. Let every heart pray. Father, we stretch our hands to thee. No other help we know. If you withdraw yourself from us, God, where would we go? Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you are still the great mover and shaker of all that was. Nothing that is exists without you having touched it. So God, we just lift before you every concern that has been read, every item of information that's scrolled across our screens, God. We thank you for keeping those who are in the hospitals, God. And we ask that you would touch them as only you can, God. That you would lose your peace, that you would lose your comfort, that you would lose your healing measures to do what only you can do, God. We believe you. We thank you for the works that you're working because those are people who are sick but there are also those who are better God there are also those who are stronger God there are those who have been healed there are those who have been delivered those who have been released from hospitals who have recovered from COVID who are over the cancer and so God we allow nothing to take that knowledge away from us you are still a bomb in Gilead a bomb in Charlotte a bomb in the United States a bomb across this whole world that you created God, you do have the whole world in your hands. And so we trust you, God. We don't understand everything that's happening around us. We don't understand a lot of the news reports. We don't understand what some people feel comfortable doing and saying these days, God. But we do understand that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And that if we trust in you, God, and don't lean on our understanding, but if we just lean on you, accept you, appreciate you, trust you, that you will direct our paths. 
You are our sovereign God and we bless your name God. We pray that you will continue to do what only you can do. Make our hearts one. Make us better God. Help us to represent you physically and online in ways that give you joy God. We thank you for every tool that you've given to our hands to share the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God we are not afraid and we are not ashamed. We'll use our mouths. We'll use the internet. We'll use the telephone. Whatever you give us to share that we serve a God who is still able, still living, still faithful, still glorious, still true, still loving, Still kind, still peaceful, still good. You're a good God and we bless your name. Be glorified today, God. We thank you and we love you and we bless you wherever we are. Thank you for your spirit always with us. Your son who gave his life for us. And your plans that are unfolding for our good. Thank you for being God with us. We appreciate you so much, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and we all say wherever we are, amen, amen. amen, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise if you believe your prayers are being answered at this time. Oh, we could do a whole lot better than that. Come on, let's celebrate and give God praise. Amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters, it is time to give. It is time to give. Let's give God praise the wonderful ability to be able to give today. It is time to give. And as we prepare to give, um, there are several ways that you can give here at the St. Paul Church, particularly for those that are watching us online. Uh, one of the ways that you can give, as well as those that are in the house, you can mail your check or, or a money order uh, to the church at 1401 Allen Street. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can bring your check, cash, and money order to the church. Um, call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure that someone is in the office. The second way you can give us through our website. Through our website. And then the uh, by clicking on either Church Life or ACS. And then the other way you could give is through uh, Givelify. And if you don't have that uh, app on your device, download that app to your uh, device uh, connected to St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina, to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. For those that are in the house, if you have a physical offering in just a moment, there is a basket, should be about two or three baskets on the seat in front of you. As we prepare to give, after I pray, you can place your offering in one of those baskets and our team will receive them. And so, as we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, if you would, hold up your offering right now if you're able, however you're giving, and let's thank the Lord for the ability to give. God, we come and we thank you right now in the name of your son, Jesus, for the wonderful opportunity to give. We give not grudgingly and no out of necessity, but cheerfully because you love the cheerful giver. God, we want to reach our budget capacity this year to do our work. So, Lord, this is our first of course, offering that we give after we have passed our budget, bless it in a major way so we can continue to partner with you in reconciling and redeeming your world. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you, those that have offerings, if you would, just stand and place it in the bucket. Don't grab the bucket. Don't move the bucket. Leave the bucket on the seat and just drop the offering in the bucket. Amen. 
Yeah, we ain't trying to get you to touch nothing. Just drop the offering in the bucket on the seat in front of you. Amen. It's, it's really that easy, ain't it? All right. All right. All right. Somebody come get my offering. Jerry, come, come get my, my offering. All right. All right. Just drop the offering on the bucket in the seat in front of you. And let's give God praise for this wonderful singing ensemble as they come and prepare our hearts for the word.
Jesus says, Lo, I will be with you always. And God is here. Oh, He's here. He's brought us through danger seen and unseen. He's brought us from a mighty, 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 mighty long way. He's given us mercy. Mercy. giving God praise if you need him to speak.
our first impression ministry and our ushers are trying to ensure those who may have difficulty uh, climbing the steps get situated so if they are moving while the sermon don't look at them all ensconce uh, we're trying to make this work I am so appreciative of your patience and the grace you all have extended to us as we uh, do this re-entry uh, before I get into the word I just want to thank uh, all of those who have been part of pulling this together, particularly we had a core team uh, that was led by Sister Gwen Garnett, and then we had a large committee led by Sister Deborah Chestnut Reed. And if you're in the house or if you're online, uh, I just, if you're online, just type, that was me, that was me. If you're in the house, if you would, just stand so that people can give you recognition for helping us to pull this thing off today. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand. All of those that have participated. Our first impression ministry, our deacons, uh, our ushers, um, uh, our medical team have played critical roles in laying out our staff, uh, has done a wonderful and incredible job of setting up our space so that we can make it as um, uh, accommodating as possible. And I'm so in debt to them. We have the baddest music ministry this side of glory. Scott and the praise team have been rolling with us and making this experience live as well as watching online uh, very palpable. And so I'm appreciative um, of all that they have done over these last almost 18 months. Um, and it's so good to see you all. It is so good to see you all. And we ask for your continued prayers and uh, support. But again, thank you all again for your patience. We ask that if you would, uh, I know those masks are hot, um, but we ask that if you would just maintain that because we want to make sure that we can do all that we can to practice safety and security. For those of you who have your Bibles, I'm getting ready to start a series of sermons over the next several weeks entitled Victorious Living. Victorious Living. And I want to call your attention today to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 23. I want to look at verses 20 through 33. Exodus chapter 23. We want to look at verses 20 through 33. Exodus chapter 23. And we want to look at verses uh, 20 through 33. And from the New King James Version of the Word of God, these words are written. Behold, I send you an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if you do indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Parasites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and even the Shilites. I'm sorry, my mind slipped. <laughs> Whew, flashback. And I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water and will take sickness away from the midst of you. 
No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you've come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivit, the Canaanite and the Hittite before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. I will set your bounds at the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it shall surely be a snare unto you. I want to preach for the time that is mine. God's strategy for your win. God's strategy for your win. It, it is my belief that God desires for his people to live their lives in such a way until others will know about the presence, power, protection, and provisions of the almighty God that is persistent, prevalent, and prevailing to propel us to a greater expression of a mature spirituality demonstrated by faith, love, and obedience. Jehovah, Yahweh, El Shaddai, the God of the Bible, the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is determined to create paths and pave ways so that we can maximize our potential and ultimately bring God glory through transformed spaces and change lives. In other words, God has planned a strategy to put you and me in position that will empower us to overcome the problems of this world, deal with the pains of our life, and overcome the dysfunctions of our reality. But St. Paul, I want to let you know, it will not be without a cost, and it cannot happen without a struggle. This is due to the fact you and I live in a broken world because of sin. Therefore, we have become accustomed to our dysfunctional reality until anything that is right and proper doesn't sit well with too many of us. We don't want to engage in redemptive resistance. We don't want to face the giants of our life. We don't want to tackle the frustrations of our reality, leaving us helpless and hopeless to the point that sometimes we can't even get out of bed and face the day ahead. We fail to examine the issues diminishing the work that God wants to do in us and eventually through us. In other words, we live in a time where there's no application or appreciation for struggle. But I've come to understand that victory will not come without a fight. Triumph does not happen without a test. Frederick Douglass once said, if there is no struggle, 
there is no progress. Therefore, if you live and God allows for you to get up every morning and go to bed in the evening, you're going to be in a fight that has everything to do with your eternal well-being. We live among people who want things quick, fast, and in a hurry until they will sacrifice their integrity. They will diminish their character to get the worldly trinkets that will soon disappear. In other words, unfortunately, my brothers and sisters, we have people who don't want to work, but want everything handed to them on a silver platter. They don't want to work, but, but they want to have a life of ease. Uh, in other words, we got folks who want good grades, but you don't want to study. Uh, you, you want the high-paying job, but you're not willing to pay any dues. You want a loving family, but you don't want to put in quality time. We want financial success, but we fail to manage the pennies, nickels, and dimes that we have. We want money, but we get into these get-rich-quick schemes. Brothers, you want the girl, but you don't want the relationship. Sisters, you want the guy, but you ain't putting up with his baggage. You want God to bless you, but you ain't serious about devotion and discipline with God. You want Jehovah to protect you, but you continue to engage in finicky, crazy, risky behavior. You want God to bless your finances, but you don't want to tithe and give an offering. You want God to take care of your enemies, but you aren't willing to do your part in the fight. You, you want God to lift you higher, but you won't go down on your knees in prayer. I, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Now, I know y'all got these masks on, but doggone it, somebody can talk back to me. I ain't opened up this church for it to be quiet in here like it's been for the last 18 months. As God moves in our reality and we establish a deeper and more intimate relationship with God, you got to discover that God has more in store for you than you can ever imagine. If you're serious about your commitment to God, if you're serious about your faith in God, you will soon discover how the enemy will show up and try to trap you in your vices. And snare you in your traps. Am I on anybody's street? You, you got to recognize how the enemy will sneak into your reality and steal the joy that God wants you to have. Am I talking to anybody here at the St. Paul Church that ain't afraid to testify on our first Sunday back how the devil has tried to hijack your happiness? How the devil has tried to steal your joy? How the devil has tried to take hostage the peace that God has for your life. How the devil has created a false sense of esteem that promotes either arrogance or low self-esteem. But I'm here on a divine assignment to let some man, woman, boy, girl know that God wants you to walk in total victory and not be caught up in the fact that you are a loser. God says you are a winner. 
and your winning is not the stuff you see on social media. Your winning is not the stuff that you see on television. No, your winning is when you know who God is for yourself and you rely on God to do what God can do. You do what you can do. And do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify that when the Lord shows up, he will show out. God, I feel like preaching that this, this victory that God brings into our space has nothing to do with the things in our lives, but it has everything to do with us improving and enhancing our relationship with God so that God's victory becomes our victory. Uh, we can't win in life if we ain't connected to the God who is a winner. Uh, we can't be victorious in life if we're not connected to the God who is victorious. We can't be triumphant in life if we're not connected to the God that is triumphant. In other words, God's victory for our lives has nothing to do with weapons of mass destruction. It, it, it has nothing to do with the gun racks in your house. It has nothing to do with what kind of knives you're carrying. God's victory, here it is, has everything to do with our relationship with God that changes our lives for the better. And when you are serious, when you are for real, for real about God, you will discover the character of God. And it is the character of God that will let you shout about the victory from God. And I believe that I got about seven, I'll make eight in the house, that when you are connected with God, you will discover that God's grace is abounding. God's mercy is everlasting. God's faithfulness is enduring. God's holiness is magnanimous. God's omnipotence is overwhelming. God's righteousness is astounding. God's sovereignty is reassuring. God's redemption is complete. God's deliverance is accomplished. God's transcendence is mind-blowing. God's providence is amazing. God's love is unconditional. And God's grace is super. Am I talking to anybody in the house that know that God has more for you than you can ever imagine? I want to let you know that you and I, whether we want to admit it or not, we're in a fight. And we're in a fight and we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against those dark, wicked people and places and things that try to keep us down and hold us back. Paul reminds us when he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle. Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of darkness in this present age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Paul tells us that God has armed us for the fight, but God is going to be the one that will do the fight. And then God will let you claim the victory, but you got to at least show up. Ooh. Y'all gonna make me holler in here. You at least got to get in the ring and engage in the fight. But, but this is why I want you to understand that you don't get anything else out of the sermon today. Please get this. It ain't your fight. <laughs> oh God, let me say that again for somebody. It, it ain't your fight. 
uh, uh, why you say that, Pastor? Here it is. You didn't start it. You can't end it. But God knows you're in the middle of it. And if you ain't careful, instead of you claiming victory, you'll become part of collateral damage and a casualty of war. But what I like is when you put yourself in the hands of the sovereign God, God said, I'll show up and I'll fight your battle for you. This is what this is what Israel discovers as God leads them out of the land of bondage into a place of freedom. Let me, if I could, help you to understand that when we read the book of Exodus, the children of Israel uh, have been basking in this move of deliverance that God has done on their behalf enslaved to Egyptian captors for nearly 400 years. God delivers them from Pharaoh's heavy hand. The reason that God delivered them is for two things. First of all, God had made a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their foreparents. And secondly, God hated to see his people suffer. So God says, I'm going to pull you out so you don't have to suffer anymore because I made a promise to your foreparents. But also, I want you to worship me in a free an easy way. God was going to bring Israel into a land flowing with milk and honey. The land was called Canaan. We call it the promised land. But God wants Israel to know that when you make your way to the land of promise, there are going to be some battles along the way. There are going to be some moments of struggle and there are going to be some opposition that will try to derail your march to the promised land. In other words, St. Paul, it ain't going to be easy, but it will be attainable. Uh, there will, it will not happen without a fight, but I'm going to give you victory. It, it will not be without a struggle, but I'm going to make sure you win. When God commissioned Moses to confront Pharaoh with those immortalized words, let my people go, it created a cosmic struggle between the systems of this world and the kingdom of God. And we see that when God said, I'm going to take care of you, God sent plagues in Egypt. Finally, Pharaoh had to relent and let the children of Israel go only to go back on his word. Uh, I don't want to take for granted that in this age of major biblical illiteracy that a lot of us know that story. Those of us that may be 40 or 50 years and older may be familiar with it, but let me if I could give you what I call the cliff note version. That back when the children of Israel were in Egypt God said, I'm going to bring you out. He brings them out by his hand as they get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh changes his mind and Pharaoh says, bring those scoundrels back to me. I want to put them back in slave. But Pharaoh ran into the power and the presence of God at the Red Sea. And when they got to the Red Sea and the children of Israel saw Pharaoh and his troops coming, they got scared, but Moses stood on top of a rock and he said, y'all need to take a chill pill. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He held up his hands and the Red Sea parted like you were able to walk across Highway 277. God demonstrated that and then when the Pharaoh and his army were following them into the Red Sea, God allowed for the water to collapse on them because God says, I'm the one that brought them out and I'm the one that's going to see them through. 
God was able to see, Israel was able to see the power and the protection and the provision of God. God gave them victory over Pharaoh and his army, but it was unconventional. Brother Dunlap, God brought Pharaoh and Egypt to its knees. And God used nature to deal with them. God liberated Israel without a knife, without a gunshot, without a missile. God used his nostrils to blow the sea wide open and then blew on it with his breath to close it back up. And now in the text, God is telling Israel how I'm going to drive out the inhabitants of Canaan by using hornets and terror and panic and disease. I ain't got to use a sword. I don't have to use a spear. I don't have to use a gun. I don't have to use a missile. I'm so much God that if I think about it, folks can die on the spot. Yet what you got to see what God is doing in the text is that God is establishing covenant with Israel. God tells them that if you do certain things, then I'm going to give you victory over your enemies. God has provided an angel to guide and protect them. It is called the Exodus angel. The Exodus angel is the presence of God in angelic form to protect Israel and to guide Israel and to instruct Israel as they travel from the place of bondage to the place of freedom and the moment of uninhibited worship of Yahweh. When God led Israel to the promised land, God would have to drive some things out of Canaan and like Israel God has to drive some things and some folks out of our lives uh, and if you and I are going to win and live triumphantly it's going to be based upon the premise that you have changed your life to do what God has told you to do y'all I'm getting ready to say something we may not like but I want you to know we're just like Israel in our spiritual geography, there's some enemies we got to deal with. There's some things that God's got to drive out of our lives. We've been baptized into salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're now on our way to the land of promise called heaven. But I want you to know that while we're still on this terrestrial ball called the earth, there's some things we got to fight. There's some things we got to face. There's some folks we got to shift. Why? Because God is sanctifying us. And God is purifying us. And God is magnifying us and God is glorifying us in other words there's some stuff we still struggle with now don't y'all look at me all suspect I believe I got 15 I'll make 16 they ain't afraid to testify in the house as well as on screen uh, that there's some things that God has saved you from but there's still some things that God, God's got to save you from you ain't been saved all your life you, you ain't been good all your life if you ain't afraid to testify if you're on screen just wave at me but but can you admit right now that the Lord has done some stuff in you and he is still working on you right now? I need some folks that ain't afraid to be real right now. Anybody here still dealing with some stuff that the Lord you thought delivered you from a long time ago? Anybody here still wrestling with some sins you thought the Lord had delivered you from? Okay, y'all want to act all bougie and sophisticated and like the Lord ain't never done nothing for you. I need some folks that ain't afraid to testify that every now and then you still speak in tongues and I ain't talking about the heavenly language either. Every now and then there's some thoughts that come across your mind that you know you thought the Lord had delivered you from. Every now and then there's an anger spirit that stirs up in you and if the wrong person catch you on the wrong day at the wrong time you might say
say some stuff and do some stuff and then wonder, Lord, am I really saved? I'm here to let you know, yeah, you still saved, but the Lord is still saving you. So thank God for the grace in your life. So, 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 oh God, so, so what is it? What is it? What is it? Y'all, I ain't preached to these many folks in over a year and a half. I don't even know how to act today. What? What? What is it? What is it? What are the strategies? Uh, what? What are the strategies? What are the strategies for for us to win? Um, let me be quick. I promise I'll get y'all out before one. Let me. Let me. Let me. Here, here's it. If you want to win, give credit to whom credit is due. Give credit to whom credit is due. In other words, whenever you win in life, the credit belongs. Y'all help me preach this thing. In, in, in verse 22 and 20, 23, God tells him, if you listen carefully to what the angel says and do all that the angel tells you to do, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemy. I'm going to oppose those who oppose you. My angel's going to go ahead of you and bring you into the land and I'm going to wipe them out. Now, 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 this is interesting because it's something special. About this angel. Um, uh, something, something interesting about this angel in, in, in this passage. Because there are theologians, Peyton, who believe that this angel is the pre-incarnated Christ. You miss your shout. That, that this angel is Jesus before Jesus was ever born. And, 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 and there are those who believe this angel is the second person of the Trinity. And, and notice how this angel does the same thing that God, Yahweh, does. Jesus said, if you've seen me, uh, you've seen the Father. So what this angel going to do? Everything that God does. Drive out Israel's enemies. This is spiritual warfare in which the Lord is going to do the fighting. God says, your enemies. That ought to be a shout for five of y'all. It's going to be my enemy. Can I tell y'all what that means? That means whoever tries to take you out got to deal with your God in heaven. Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Whoever tries to kill you got to deal with your God up in heaven. Whoever tries to wipe you out got to deal with your God in heaven. God did this for Israel and God will do this for you. I have lived long enough to understand that I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how well liked you are. Somebody ain't gonna like you. Can I speak Ebonics today? Some, somebody just ain't. Now I know the king's English, but I'm talking to my people right now. Somebody just ain't gonna like you. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how good you are. Somebody is going to always have something to say. 
Somebody is always trying to plan your downfall. Somebody is always trying to take you out. Somebody always trying to cook up something. Spiritual warfare ain't nothing to play with. I'm here to let y'all know, don't play with the devil, but don't be scared of the devil either. The Bible tells us that demons, when they think about God, they start shaking. They ain't trembling about you because they ain't scared of you. But to think about God makes them afraid. They ain't scared of you and me talking about I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. They laugh at you. But when Jesus shows up, they start trembling because they know the power of God. Therefore, you and I can't take credit for whatever victory we have. We better learn how to give it to God. You, you, You got to know that God is the one that will help you win. Too many of us, we take this wrong approach to spiritual warfare, warfare, warfare. We, we think it's about a certain technique. Then we got to say a certain kind of prayer. Then we got to quote the right scripture. Then we got to claim the right promise. Then we got to apply the good virgin oil. Some of y'all need Crisco. You think y'all call out a certain demon. I got to rebuke the devil. Can I help y'all understand something? You ain't got that much power in all your being to handle whatever the devil throws your way. But is there anybody in the house know that we serve a God that can wipe Satan out with a thought? That's why you better learn how to give God the credit in handling the enemies of your life. How many of y'all know the Bible says the battle is not yours, but it belongs to God. Uh, you got to know to whom the credit belongs. Uh, if you've been delivered from drugs, God did it. Deliver from alcoholism? God did it. Deliver from a bad marriage? God did it. Deliver from ungrateful folks? God did it. Deliver from cantankerous people? God did it. Deliver from an addiction? God did it. Deliver from crazy church folks? God did it. Deliver from a stressful job? God did it. Deliver from your frenemies? God did it. Deliver from your enemies? God did it. Deliver from a negative relationship? God did it. Deliver from dysfunctional situations, God did it. Do I have anybody there and afraid to testify that if you give God the credit, God will let you claim the victory in your life. Let me. Next, you got to understand that your victory may not happen all at once, but occurs in stages. It's right there in the text of verse 29, 30. We see God tell Israel, I will not drive them out in a single year because the land will become desolate while animals too numerous for you. But little by little, I'm going to drive them out until you have increased or grown enough to take possession of the land. Church, this is a major revelation. Oftentimes we think in order to be victorious, we got to get it all at once. However, Scott, God shows us in the text how God gives us victory in portions God does this for Israel because they ain't ready (laughs) to take the land remember Israel had been enslaved for 400 years they only been free for a few months so they didn't have first of all the mindset to handle freedom and God knows they didn't have the resources to deal with the responsibilities of land management. So we see later that they did not have the faith either. God knew if the enemy was put out immediately that the fields would get wild. 
that predators would take over the land and that the land would become barren. So God wants you to understand that there is a process, preach Robert Charles Scott, to your victory. Some of you can't get it all at once because God knows that if you got it all at once, that you would lose your ever-loving mind. So watch how God works this thing out. It is not always God's plan for you to get victory instantaneously because you can't handle it. Lose your mind. You'll come to the erroneous conclusion you got what you got because of who you be. But you ain't got who you got because of who you be. You got what you be because God is. Spiritual progress don't happen all at once. It's little by little. In other words, God brings the change little by little. God is doing character development little by little. God is doing spiritual transformation little by little. Sometimes we get so bent out of shape because we're struggling with a particular sin. But God is changing you little by little. Little by little, the spirit is sanctifying you. Little by little, the spirit is preparing you. Little by little, the spirit is working on you. Little by little, the spirit is saving you. Do I have any folks in the house and watching me online, online that can testify I may not be what I should be, but hallelujah, little by little, I ain't what I used to be. This is where I'm going to make at least three of y'all shout. In your victory, uh-oh, you got to learn how to recognize the ministry of your enemy. Uh, one, two, three, I'm full. Do I need to say that again? Rewind, remix, replay. In your victory, you need to recognize the ministry of your enemy. Because notice how God says in the text, your enemy is going to keep the land <laughs> until it's ready for occupation. Your, your enemy is going to make sure it ain't overgrown until I'm ready to take in. You got to learn how to recognize the ministry of your enemy. And let me, if I could, hit about two of y'all on the toe right now. Because how many of y'all know that if it weren't for your enemy, you would have stopped praying a long time ago? If it weren't for your enemy, you wouldn't be talking to God right now. But do I have anybody that ain't afraid to testify that it was your enemy that kept you praying? It was your enemy who made you run to God. It was your enemy who made you shout. It was your enemy that God allowed to become your footstool. It's your enemy that God says, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. I don't like it. I ain't too crazy about it. But the enemy has been keeping some stuff for me until I get to the place where God says okay it's ready to be released to your care let me let me get out of here um, one more thing I need to let y'all know is this and I'm done finally don't compromise with the ungodly don't compromise with the ungodly verse 32 33 you got to learn how to separate yourself from folk who mean you no good. In other words, you got to stop letting modern day Canaanites hang out with you. 
You can't worship their gods. You can't make peace treaties with them. You can't hang out with them. God knows you better not sleep with them. If you're not careful, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Hittites will get you trapped in their bars, their strip clubs, and their casinos. Uh-oh. Get real quiet in here. If you're not careful, Canaanites will have